Good morning, world. Welcome to another episode of Zendependent News. I hope you guys have been staying safe, healthy, and happy since the last episode. And before we get into it, of course, I'm going to leave my disclaimer. The views expressed and discussed on this show are clearly satire, and if they're not satirical, they're a result of free speech because I'm an American. I can talk about, discuss, and express my opinions no matter what they are, no matter how crazy they are. But I don't think they are, but yeah, that's part of the disclaimer. Sue me, but don't really, because I don't have any money. First bit of news I wanted to hop straight into, it's an article from Politico, so obviously it's political, and basically what I gathered from this article, so so the, the Democrats, the DNC, they want to push through and try to pass a $2 trillion infrastructure bill, and you know, liberals are warning Joe Biden against lengthy talks with the GOP. So the GOP, if you guys don't know, stands for Grand Old Party. It's the it's the Republicans. So on the right side of the aisle, I guess, if you want to put it that way. The basically liberals don't want Biden to get suckered into kinda kinda time wasting, time consuming talks with the GOP because most of them believe they're most most senators from you know on the democratic side with the d next to their name they believe that the gop they just want to stall this talk and bernie sanders even said he doubts republicans are even actually trying to help with the infrastructure they're just here to try to stall and distract joe biden from from you know passing this bill and actually helping with infrastructure and i agree to an extent with bernie sanders that he doubts that Republicans are actually trying to help with infrastructure. But the same goes for the Democrats. They don't want to help with infrastructure either. Poor infrastructure, crumbling infrastructure, that's been going on that's been going on for decades. And the government isn't going to make it they're not going to improve. Most most members of the Senate are not actually trying to improve our infrastructure. That's just Point blank period. Why has it taken this long for them to do it? Why do they need two trillion? Two trillion dollars is a lot of money, and I highly doubt most. Some of it's going to be some shady stuff, money for Saudi Arabia or some some foreign business in Ukraine. It's I don't trust it. I really don't trust it. I firmly believe that the best the best um, infrastructure repairs have been done by private businesses. We saw, I think it was in like Boston or something a couple years ago, Papa John's went and fixed the roads, covered up the potholes, and just, yeah, they take care of infrastructure better than better than the government does. And I firmly believe that private businesses are better, they're just, they're, they're better and they actually fulfill promises. That being said, you know, there is there are improvements to be made. The government definitely needs to get on their shit because there are some cities that are crumbling and it makes, it's just, it's not safe and it's not easy for people to get to work, doesn't help the economy and it's just something that needs to be worked on. I'm not the most educated when it comes to that, but I just know, just, you know, we look at, we look at a track record. I highly doubt Joe Biden is going to actually improve on infrastructure in the eight years that him and Obama were in office. They they didn't improve infrastructure at all. They're not going to. So, I I just think this is a but this is a bunch of a uh, bunch of politicians throwing mud at each other. And like Ravi Zacharias always said, when you throw mud at others, 
you tend to lose a lot of ground. So that's just what I see. I think it's a bunch of BS banter. Sad thing is, I do actually think Bernie Sanders wants to, you know, Bernie Sanders has a good heart, I think. I know a lot of people would be upset at me saying that. A lot of people are like, oh, he's a commie and all that stuff. And I do think he is a commie, but he's not a real commie. He's a self-identified communist, but he's not even a self-identified communist. It's just he, he marched for the for the Socialist Party back in the day. He got arrested many times for it. I do firmly believe that Bernie Sanders has what he what he thinks is best for the people. That That's what he actually stands for. It's just his methods of reaching that kind of, you know, his methods are just not, you know, they just won't work. The United States population could see that, and that's why he, that is partly why he didn't win the nomination and over Joe Biden, but also the DNC did some shady, jacked up stuff against Joe Biden, I mean, against Bernie Sanders, but anyways, yeah, I, unfortunately for Bernie, you know, he's in a really corrupt dirty party most people in in his party and in the rnc the gop are corrupt and you know he's one of the only people that actually cares for the people i'm not a big fan of him but i absolutely absolutely adore and give him a lot of a lot of credit for his virtues and his morals he is he is kind of a hypocrite you know talking about millionaires and billionaires and him being a millionaire himself but you know it is what it is you're not going to ever find a perfect politician, but he is one of the better Democratic, you know, politicians, that's for sure. But so moving on. So I know you guys are probably sick of hearing about the Adam Toledo situation. You know, there's shootings every week and now there's uh, new new names in the headlines that we got to talk about. And I'll be talking about another one of those later down the line. But so the adult that was with Adam Toledo, the one that was actually... You know, that was a felon that was discharging the weapon into into vehicles and into buildings and stuff in Chicago a few weeks ago. His name's Ruben Roman. He got released from jail. So at first, you know, I was really upset. I still am a bit upset because, you know, he's getting out. He's probably not going to change his ways. And a 14 or 13-year-old kid in Adam Toledo is, is dead because of his poor decisions. And... You know, after giving it some thought, the best thing I could possibly say and wish for this kid is that he turns his life around. If if he can find the silver lining in this situation and possibly, you know, look at the fact that, you know, for one, take responsibility for his actions. He's not, he's not out, he's on bail. He's not out free. He's going to, he's going to serve time for this, probably. I, I don't know the, I don't know the, he might serve a minimal amount of time or just, have a fine, do some community service, not really sure, maybe go on probation, I'm, I'm not sure, but I just hope for his sake, and for the community's sake, and for just, just for everybody's sake in this situation, I hope he can take something positive, make something positive of this horrible, really sad, tragic, you know, this, this tragic event that's occurred, I hope that he can just, you know, try to turn his life around, because he's young, I think they said he's only 22, yeah, I hope Ruben can turn his life around, make some improvements, and, you know, just give back to the community because Lord knows Chicago needs that help. So, yeah, I wish nothing but the best for him. And, you know, he he will serve his time. Uh, hopefully justice is found. I'm not saying the cop needs to be charged or whatever, but definitely 
I want this guy, I want the best for him. I, I don't wish bad on, on almost anybody, so hope he can improve his life. Moving on to the next bit of news. So this is something that really caught my eye and really excited me because if you know me personally, or I, I'm pretty sure I brought it up in other podcasts, being here in, here in Europe, you know, I've always loved history, but I've always mostly paid attention to United States history. I never paid attention to the rest of the world. And ever since I've, I've come to Europe and I visited Italy twice, and then I found out my girlfriend is half Italian, I've been really obsessed with Italian mob history. I've been watching The Sopranos even before that. I, you know, I was, I always loved the mob movies. Everyone loves the mob movies. And I'm actually listening to an audiobook while I drive and while I do other stuff, while I write books and stuff. I listen to an audiobook about the history of the mafia called The Five Families. It's really great. And I've just been really obsessed with, with the uh, mafia history, period. Current, you know, from 20 years ago and then from the beginning. And a lot of people think that, the mafia doesn't exist anymore. Oh yeah, and before I get into it, I am not romanticizing the mob life. It's horrible. The only, the only. So Michael Francis is the only guy you don't. You guys should totally check out his YouTube channel. He's there was this. Uh, I want to say it was a Forbes list, and it was the fifth. It was listing off the fifty most powerful and rich mob bosses of all time. All of forty nine of them are dead. The only one left is Michael Francis because he got out of the mob, and. He found God, and he's been, you know, he talks, he does a lot of interviews with famous mob guys, celebrities, he does movie reviews, and even he himself has said he does not idolize the life, it's not a good life, it's not a fun life, and look at all those other 49 powerful people, they're all dead, they were all murdered, or, you know, just met really untimely, unnatural deaths, so, I'm not idol I'm not idolizing or romanticizing the life, because, you know, I've never been in it, but I've, you know, I've heard stories, I've seen the movies. The movies uh, definitely romanticize them, but they also show, you know, like the Irishman. Every character they were introducing, they're like, killed in a drive-by shooting, got his head cut off, got blown up by a car bomb, all that stuff. It's not a good life. But anyway, so for those of you guys who who don't know about mob history, Indrangheta is the biggest, most powerful part of the mob. They're from Calabria. Calabria is on the boot of Italy. It's different from the Cosa Nostra mob, which is from Sicily, which are the the guys that we know best, the guys that, you know, went. they were the Sicilian mob that left and escaped from Mussolini during his fascistic regime and then went to the United States. And then, you know, everyone knows, most people know what, what they did and how how powerful and how controlling they were and influential they were in the United States in the early 1900s, leading up until, you know, their sort of downfall. But like I said, they're still around. They're still, you know, what I'm about to talk about goes to show they're still around. So the, so that section of the mob in Calabria, they're super powerful, and there's a big hunt going on right now, and they're trying to, they're trying to take them down. So what I read I'm trying to remember what I read in the article, so I don't have to go back to it. I'll just click on it and check it out real quick. So this part of the mob, you know, there's not too much information in here, but basically a really powerful, a really powerful member of that, of that part of the mob, they were actually arrested and they were captured by the, yeah, so they were captured by this hybrid military and police group called the Kakiatori. And that translates to the hunters. So basically they were just talking about like they were showing 
a, a small hideout where there were a bunch of a bunch of you know Indrangheta members were hiding and they were on the run. They would go hide there, and there was actually a member that that had been captured there. He was making a cup of coffee, and they went and busted him. And I was basically there's there's a there's a trial going on right now. They're trying to try a lot of these people. That might actually be for Costa Nostra, the the mob mobsters from Italy. But there's just a lot of a lot of interesting stuff that you could find out about this if you're interested. Like I said, I linked that article down below. And something crazy that I was that I learned about. So this part of the mob from from Calabria, they actually, it's estimated that their revenue per year is about fifty billion dollars, which doesn't sound like a lot, but for a group of you know, for a group of mobsters, it's a lot of money. Um, and in a place like Italy, it's, you know, it's not surprising, but that $50 billion of revenue actually makes up for 3% of all of Italy's GDP, which is absolutely insane. So just having a gang, having a group of mafiosos like this that account for such a high amount of a country's GDP is absolutely insane. So it's really interesting stuff. I'm going to stay tuned Definitely, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more, but I but I really recommend that book Five Families. I can't I can't pronounce the author's name. I'm like, it's really I think his name is I think you pronounce it Selwyn Rob. Selwyn is spelled S E L W Y N, and Rob is R A A B. It's called Five Families. It's really good. Breaks down the, you know, all the history of the mob as best as it possibly can. Talks about all the big guys like Sammy the Bull. Um, Al Capone, uh, Lucky Luciano, all all these people. It's really interesting stuff. I'm really, really into it. And, you know, if you guys are interested, definitely check that out. So the next bit of news I wanted to talk about, it was it's an article from Newsweek, and it's actually, it's it involves Australia and China. So Australia, they've been getting a lot of criticism and a lot of, you know, a lot of negative feedback because they've they actually canceled a trade deal with China and basically Australia's defense minister she said we're not going to be bullied we're not going to be we're not going to be told to ignore what we think is best for our country and yeah they're they're canceling two trade policies there's not a lot of detail on both trade policies but basically what I've gathered is there's this there's this transcontinental trade policy called the BRI and it's mainly aimed at developing infrastructure to connect Asia, Europe, Africa and you know want to connect them all together and start getting some some solid powerful trading habits and practices and of course China is upset with this they're you know they're basically saying that Australia they're they're holding on to a cold war mentality and they they have ideal ideological bias and they basically they've been throwing they've been throwing mud at each other a little bit lately. Australia's been Australia's been, you know, they've been pushing to investigate the origins of COVID-19. China's been, you know, halting trade of Australian-made products coming into their country and yeah, there's just there's there's some tension right now because Australia, you know, they they basically have been saying they they don't want to continue to, you know, they're not trying to start a war, but they're just, they're not trying to, they're not trying to do business with a country that's, you know, that's, 
that has such a horrible communist government like China. They said that they're worried about cyber attacks and they're just worried about entering into contracts with the Communist Party. Like that that's the main thing. And you know, you love to see it. I love to see it. You know, China's really powerful, but once people start cutting if they're able if they're able and willing to cut off trade and start letting China know that what they're doing and the way they're running things is not okay. You know, we could see I might be wrong. I might be completely wrong. And if I am, I would love all you guys to tell me and explain to me why I'm wrong and hopefully inform me if I am wrong. But I think this is a smart move. I know in a lot of people liked and a lot of people hated what Trump did to, you know, try to let China know what they're doing is not okay. A lot of I've had a couple friends tell me and they're pretty informed too and you know, I have to do more research on it, but they've told me that every every single sanction and, you know, trade block that Trump imposed on China backfired and hurt us actually in the long run. So who knows? Maybe this will help Australia. Seems like they're doing fine. And we'll have to see how this plays out. But definitely China China needs to be they need to, we need to make it known. World governments need to make it known that communism is not cool. It never will be cool. It's never worked, it never will work. And for China, yeah, they just need to pay attention and they need to get their shit together. Straight up. So the next bit of news I wanted to talk about. So I'm sure you guys are all aware there was you know, there's been a few police shootings the past couple weeks. And it's a bit concerning, but you know, I like I said, I I'm not a genius. I do not know I'm just some twenty one year old kid trying to live my life. I uh, these are just my opinions and I just I don't know the solution. I don't know if there is a problem. You know, people getting killed, you know, that's a problem. But I don't know where the... I, I do I do know this. Whenever something like this happens, there's not just one solution. That's all I'm going to say. But, so, recently there was a... There was a man named Andrew Brown who was shot and killed by a police officer. There aren't many details as far as this shooting goes. But I did see that... Andrew Brown's family, they're demanding, the public is demanding to release the body cam footage, and they want to they wanna see it. And I agree with them wanting to see it, but I don't think it's a good idea. I think a little more time needs to pass because the family needs to calm down. Because at the end of the day, I'm not trying to be mean, but do you really think when, when the family watches this body cam footage, they're going to admit, if some, if I'm not saying Andrew Brown did anything wrong. But if he did do something wrong and he's in the he's, you know, he's in the wrong and he's at fault, do you really think they're going to straight up just admit, yeah, our our husband, our brother, our son, our dad, our dad did this did this wrong, he deserved to get killed? I highly doubt it. So I don't see anything good coming from this except for some peace, you know, peace of mind. So I do see something good coming from it. But I just you know, if they release it to the public, I know one of the reasons why the police department is, you know, the the justice department is, they're hesitant on releasing it is because of public uproar. But that's going to happen anyway. So I think they need to release it. I just, you know, there is no silver lining here. Not yet, at least. I'm not sure the details, like I said. I'm reserving judgment. I like to see, to get all the facts before I make a decision on what I think is, you know, you know. I always like to look for solutions. And in order to find solutions and address problems, we need to have all the facts. You can't just have little tidbits. 
But I did read that parts of the of the body cam footage has been redacted, and it makes me wonder, you know, what's being, you know, what's being hidden from the public, what's being hidden from the family. So, you know, it's a sticky situation. Like I said, there's more than one solution to these problems. There probably will be for this too, but, you know, just got to brace for impact because it's a very emotional thing. And I'm not going to sit here and say if, if one of my family members or close friends got shot and killed by anybody, especially a police officer, I'm going to be emotional. Everybody's going to be emotional. Anybody who acts like they wouldn't be, like I said in the past, you know, a lot of these, all, a lot of these news and political pundits will be like, you have to sit back and look at it logically. But if one of your family members or even a pet got shot and killed, you're going to act emotional. You're not God. You're not an AI. You're not a robot. You're not, you're not exempt from having and emitting human emotion. So yeah, this is a sticky situation, like I said, and we'll just have to see, you know, if that body cam footage comes out anytime soon and move on to the next step of recovering and trying to prevent something like that from happening again. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, like I said, shootings, police shootings, they happen. And we just got to do our best as a community, as a country to unite and try to prevent things from this, things like this from happening. That's like I said, like I always say, it's cliche, but it's true. Cliches are true most of the time, straight up. So the next piece of news that I wanted to share, it's pretty positive news. It's exciting news, especially if you're someone who wants to travel to the European Union. So the European Union is now going to allow vaccinated tourists from the United States to come travel to any of the countries, which there are a lot of countries in the European Union. I would know because I'm I'm living amongst the European Union and I've, you know, I've it, it, one thing I love about the European Union is how easy it is to travel amongst countries. It's like the United States. That's how the European Union is built, except, you know, it's just like the United States. Um, you can drive or fly. You get seven euro tickets to fly to Italy from Germany or the other way around or go to Greece for 20 bucks, 20 euros. It's really great. And this is really exciting. I have a lot of friends and family that I really hope can come to Europe and experience Europe and possibly even move here. Guys, it's really easy. It's not hard at all. And the cost of living for a lot of countries here, with the exception of like Belgium and Luxembourg and Switzerland, it's the cost of living is great. It's really easy to come live here in Europe. All you have to do basically is know someone that can get you onto a military base. You get a job on the military base and that grants you, it gives you basically a visa to live, live in Europe. You can get property. You can, you can rent property. I don't know about purchasing property to own. I don't know if you can buy a home, but you know, you can get cars, you can live in, you can, you live here and retain your United States citizenship. So I really hope people can come down here. I only want good people though. I don't want any crazy bums because there, there are a few people, there are a few, there's a guy specifically that I know that is living here illegally. He's an American. He's a piece of human garbage, like straight up as nicely as I can put it. He's a bum and you know, he's done some stupid stuff. He's thrown parties during coronavirus. You know, say what you want about that, but it's just, it's not a good look for someone's character. It's irresponsible. But yeah, I only want good apples here. If you're going to come to Europe, you know, bring your best. Leave your worst back home. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice, but 
you know, we got a good thing going here. The American European community, they're a bit annoying, but there are a lot of good people, a lot of great people. So I hope you guys can, if you're listening, I hope you're able to travel, whether it's to Europe or not. You know, I hope you're able to travel. Traveling makes everybody great, opens your mind, and yeah, traveling is amazing. I'm looking forward to traveling. I'm not trying to go back to the United States. I am going back for a wedding, but you know, besides that, I'm not taking any vacations to the United States. I've lived there my whole life. I've seen everything there is to see, except for New York. And at the moment, New York does not seem, you know, appealing at all. So, yeah. Get your guys' butts over here to Europe. That's all I'm going to say. Europe is amazing. So next piece of news I wanted to talk about. I got two things left to talk about as far as news go. And then I have a couple topics I wanted to discuss and give my thoughts on. So I read that there was a Seattle man. Usually it's Florida man, but there's a Seattle man that was charged. He's being charged with purposely infecting 22 people with the coronavirus. This guy needs to go to prison. That's all. This something's mentally wrong with this guy. So I was reading that he was he got coronavirus, knew he had coronavirus, went to work, went around coughing on his coworkers. And basically he was you know, he was seen saying, I wanna infect you with coronavirus, I wanna get you sick, I wanna take out these people, which is horrible. <laughs> you you this guy is mentally ill. He needs that needs to be addressed and he needs to go get locked away. This is I have my opinions on the coronavirus, but, you know, as far as the facts go, there are people who die. It's not just old people and people with pre-existing conditions and people that are vitamin D deficient and obese. You know, every once in a while, there's a really athletic person, like I've talked about before. There were a couple UFC fighters who almost died having it. Those guys are supreme athletes. They got two, three, four percent body fat. They have a six pack. They weigh 160, um but they're six foot tall. You know, this is something that is not acceptable because you never know. You never know the conditions of these these people. And I just want to know straight up, maybe these coworkers deserved it. I don't know. I'm just kidding. I don't, <laughs> you never, I don't know. Maybe this guy was the water guy. He, he, he was forced to, you know, fill up the water jugs and he was pissed. So he decided to cough on everybody. No matter what, you know, these people didn't deserve to get it. Hopefully nobody died or had any permanent damage. But I mean, the odds, if you're an American, a lot of, I think like 80% of Americans are vitamin D deficient. There's a big, big obese population. And there are a lot of people that smoke. A lot of people with diabetes, lung problems. I I don't know if cancer is a pre-existing condition, but I'm sure it doesn't help if you've had it. So this is unacceptable. This this guy needs to be taken care of. The last bit of news I wanted to talk about, it's it's exciting news, but ultimately I don't think it will yield any results. So the campaign to recall Gaviner, Gaviner, wow, Governor Gavin Newsom, Gavin, the governor of California, geez, the Gaviner, that's what I should call it because he's, he doesn't even deserve to be called governor because he's so incompetent. He's such a, he's a crook straight up. But the campaign to recall Governor Gavin Newsom is now, it's now picked up enough steam, got enough signatures and enough people backing it that it's going to get placed on the California ballot. So this is exciting news. This this should be a wake-up call and this should bring attention to the fact that Gavin Newsom is a completely incompetent, incompetent is not even the right word for him as a governor. He's a horrible person. 
He's completely ruined and killed like many people's futures and just he's responsible for a lot of people's downfall and a complete uptick and serious serious amount of new homeless people and people that are you know that are going to either stay homeless stay really poor or become homeless in the future because of his handling of the coronavirus and his hypocrisy you know he was going to dinners and when he he was going to dinners indoors not wearing a mask not socially distanced like he's forcing people he's shutting down businesses taking away people's livelihoods and then he's going to going to dinners and then when people call him out he's like oh i'm outside uploads a selfie of him with a chandelier over his head like you we live in the clown verse guys so ultimately though i californians are dumb no offense i can say that because i have most of my family they live in california they're all hard workers i don't really know and i think i there's not really any moochers in my family that live there but californians are stupid if you're still living in california you're stupid i i don't know how you can before before the coronavirus i didn't know how you could still be living in california it's it's not a great place it's i've lived there multiple occasions i'm from there i was born and raised there California is not a great state. Used to be. There are parts of it that are still great. San Diego is really fun to visit. I don't like San Francisco. I've been there a couple times and I wasn't impressed. All there was was just homeless people, no offense, and poop everywhere on the sidewalks. So, whatever. Screw San Francisco and screw California. I think you're crazy. I I think you need to reevaluate your life if you are still living in California. And if you plan on moving there, don't. Don't. Okay, the weather is nice, but after two weeks, three weeks of straight sun, you take the sun for granted. I've said it many times before. I appreciate all four seasons because when it's raining for a few days or a week or two and the sun comes out, you appreciate the sun more than you did before. And when you have the sun all the time, you just take it for granted. And, you know, there's pollution, there's smog, there's high crime. It's just, it's not a great place. I have a lot of friends and family that live there, and I hope that they can get out, but they probably won't. And that all being said, I doubt Gavin Newsom is going to be recalled. I doubt enough people are going to vote because they're either, you know, they're ignorant to the injustices that he's caused and his incompetency, or they just don't care, and they're going to not vote to get him out. So, yeah, screw Gavin Newsom. I, you know... Screw that guy. He's a crook. All right. And the, so there's one topic I wanted to talk about. So I don't know if you guys watched Captain uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm not going to spoil anything about it. I'm not going to say too much about it, but I read this really, so I really liked the show. I thought the season finale was good. I thought it could have been better, but it was good. It was really fun. There's some really iconic moments in it. Uh, My favorite UFC fighter of all time really close, probably tied with Conor McGregor. George St. Pierre, he was in it. He had a small part. He was a, you know, he's a villain, which is really funny because he's like the most humble and nice person, it seems, in real life, and he's a villain in the show. But Falcon and the Winter Soldier was really fun. I'm a huge Marvel nerd. I'm a huge comic book nerd, period. I like DC too, just not what they've put out recently. I think the last good DC project that I can remember was probably 
I don't even know. Aquaman was trash. Batman vs. Superman was trash. Justice League was trash. Didn't watch the new one. Not going to. Looks like trash too. It just sounds like it's longer and isn't that good. Shazam was trash. Uh... I don't know. I don't know the last good DC project. The DC's animated films are really great. Their comics are fun. Their games are fun. But anyway, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was really fun. I'm really obsessed with Marvel. I, I'm loving both show. I love both shows. I really thought WandaVision was fun. But like right away in the beginning of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the first episode, I right away knew that I was going to love this series. And, you know, I've I've loved, I loved Sam. I love Bucky. I love all the characters that are in the show. There's some great acting, really underrated acting, and you know we've seen we've seen a couple villains return, and it's just an overall really solid series. But the show is political. It's political, and I thought it was really I thought it was really fun. I I liked the way that they brought up these political issues. I had no problem with it at all, and I did read this really funny review. So I'm gonna read the review real quick. Someone left the show on IMDb. Six stars out of ten, they said in their title, way too political. And they said, I don't even disagree with their politics, but it's way too much. It detracts from the storytelling and completely pulls me out of the moment. They should have found a more healthy balance. This guy's a pussy. This guy's a sensitive bitch. So this show, this show is basically about, a. so there's a new committee that, there's a committee that was created after the snap. After Thanos dusted everybody and everyone got brought back, five years had passed and they got placed right back into society. And this corporation was designed by the government to try to help reintegrate people back into the world, into their communities, into the, into society. But apparently they did a shitty job, which is really realistic because the government does a shitty job a lot of the times. And it's basically about a, a group called the Flag Smashers that are trying to get back at the government for disenfranchising them yet again after they were dead for five years. And how is that not political already? Also, Captain America, is that not political already? Um, it, it played in basically... So there are people that are disenfranchised, but then they also are talking... There's a scene where some a veteran in the military is talking to, to Falcon, to Sam... And basically telling him there will never be a black Captain America. And it talks and it goes in a lot about, you know, the way black people are treated in in the country, how they were treated, how it's affected them decades later, and then also how they were treated in the military. And I love the way they, they integrated it into the story. Because if they didn't do that and they didn't connect it to real life, it's just gonna be another another cliche, basic, unoriginal, you know, plot line of Oh, there's these bad guys. They're trying to hurt people. Let's go stop them. We're going to lose at first, then we're going to win. They tied it in really well. It was beautiful. There were a lot of emotional scenes. And I just think this guy is a sensitive pussy. I doubt he even watched the show. People like this didn't watch the show. I remember seeing I remember seeing a review of Black Panther years ago when it first came out. And this person was like, how could you watch a show that's that, that just... There are so many lines about how they hate white people. And I watched the movie and was like, oh, yeah, you didn't watch the movie. You watched some neckbeard review, a dude that wears a fedora that has, no offense, anime posters on his wall talking about how this show is anti-white. There was one joke, and it was, oh, another white boy needs saving in Black Panther. Like, are you serious? 
really, did that really, whatever, whatever, you know, that's a topic for another discussion, but that review is shitty, the show is great, don't listen to anybody, I mean, if you're into, even if you haven't seen WandaVision, they're actually not tied it together yet, so you could watch it, you don't even have to be a big Marvel fan to enjoy the show, I definitely, there were a lot of things that I enjoyed, a lot of little easter eggs, you know, there were characters that if you hadn't seen, like, you know, Captain America Civil War, if you haven't seen those, you know, you might not appreciate it as much as a big fan like me, but the show is great. Don't listen to any of the shitty reviews. Don't listen to reviews ever, whether they're good or bad. Think for yourself. Go watch it yourself. There's so many great movies and shows out there, you know, and artists, you know, pieces of art and songs that I've seen that people will take a shit on or say is great, and I disagree because that's the beauty of art. It's subjective, and, you know, you have your own opinions. I just think this guy didn't watch the show. I just... It's such a vague, like, crybaby, sensitive, snowflake, if you want to say that, take. But it's a great show. And the very last thing I want to mention, so the piece of art, I keep missing, I keep forgetting every other episode, I forget what piece of art I want to recommend. But the piece of art and culture that I want to share this time is probably Bob Marley's best song. It, Bob Marley's one of my favorite artists of all time. It's definitely one of his most philosophical songs. It's called Redemption Song, so I'm going to link that in the description. But that's going to wrap up this episode of Independent News. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Please continue to give me support, feedback, criticism. Please continue to share the podcast, and if you can, support with cryptocurrency or just support with, with positive or negative or just feedback, period. I think all criticism and feedback can be taken in a positive way, and I do my absolute best, you know, to use that and make make the podcast better, make myself better as a person. But as always, stay safe, stay away from those crazies. Thank you.